Hi, welcome. Uh, you're on Speaking Terms. This is Sam. And this is James. And today we got kind of a sore topic. We are going to be talking about happiness and how to find happiness in what, this world. What is happiness and what how to find happiness and just all sorts of happy things. Anyway, but to begin, I guess to start out like any good essay, you have to mm-hmm. define what is happiness. <laughs> what What does the old Webster's Dictionary oh. say is happiness? But we'll start out with what does James' dictionary okay. say about happiness? <laughs> My personal take on happiness is see, it's kind of almost a naivety. (laughs) Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, even though we've talked about how ignorance is not bliss. Mm -hmm. Um, When people are happy, it just seems like nothing can stop them from being happy. And they're just like, oh my gosh, everything's so good in my life and all this stuff. And Many a time I've seen that, and I'm like, how could they be happy? And I'm over here, and it's not happy. <laughs> but I don't know. I think when we get through some of the stuff we're going to talk about, I want to go back to what I actually think happiness is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah because around. I want to, yeah, I want to circle back to um, this. Full circle. Full rather. circle. But what about you, Sam? <laughs> Give me a definition of your happiness. What is happiness? Um, that's a really good question. The dictionary says, <laughs> "No, like, Sam, you're personal." You want to know what the, the Sorry, definition yes. of happiness? Yes, is I want the definition of happiness. The quality or state of being happy. <laughs> okay, my English teacher would not have accepted that because it uses "happy" to define happiness. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Thanks, dictionary. Um, anyway, what is happiness? I feel like happiness is um, obviously it's a personal thing, and most feelings are felt personally. But the the neat thing about being human is like we all experience similar things, and then we 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 put big labels on them, like, oh wow, this must be happiness. <laughs> and sometimes through that, I feel like we miss the point, you know, like if happiness is this, and we're not really feeling that, but other people are, is it still happiness? Like if I see something and call it blue, and you see something and call it blue, are we seeing the same color? I would say yes, unless you have a genetic mutation. (laughs) We have a genetic mutation that allows us to not feel happiness. Or (laughs) that is is a real thing. thing. Oh, shoot. Um, But I wanted to ask, how how have you found happiness? (laughs) That's a good question. That is a good question. Because there's different types of it, I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know? Because I feel like there's happy where, like, Oh, you do something and it's successful. So you like have a task and you accomplish that task successfully. From that comes some sort of accomplish, like sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like from a, from like solving problems, like facing issues, like you do receive some sort of fulfillment from that. And that it's kind of a happiness kind of thing. There's also like the, hey, you're just living your life, having a good time and you stumble upon something or someone's like, hey, here, have this gift. And you're like... <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what did I do? I don't know. I just have this thing, and you're like, "Yeah, thanks. It makes me feel good." I guess I would agree with that. I would also something that I've seen in my life is I wasn't truly happy until I went through some really hard times, and then I got after. I'm like, "Oh, thank goodness, that's over." Like <laughs> now I understand what it means to like really enjoy life because I've gone through 
you know, this particular hard circumstance, but now it's over. And I feel like a weight has lifted off my shoulders and you don't really know what that feels like until you have something else to compare it to that yeah. you don't like. Yeah. So can you be happy without feeling sad? No. Exactly. No. Doesn't that <laughs> suck? It's, uh, it does suck. But at the same time, the happiness that I've experienced now isn't something that I want to give up, nor do I want to go through all those experiences that mm -hmm. brought me here again. Mm -hmm. But I have to be grateful for it because it's given me something that I thought I saw in other people. And because I was like, oh, other people just seem to have it together. They're so happy. Um, an experience that I've recently been having, I get to interact with a lot of older men, like 60 plus. Okay. And they just talk about how life is great. They're happy. And then they start sharing experiences about their family and their kids and how rough life was just trying to help them and watching mm -hmm. their kids go through all these things. And then I take a step back and realize, oh, I'm not the only one with a hard life. And they still found happiness. And that gave me hope. It's like, I can also still find happiness too. Mm -hmm. If I just like continue to work at it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Like, you can't enjoy, well, rather, you can't feel, you can't understand happiness, not feel happy. You can't really understand it until you have that, that contrast of like, wow, this is really hard. Or like, you know, trying to do this task is really difficult. You have to learn mm -hmm. new things, new qualities. You have to develop new qualities within yourself. You have to kind of struggle a little bit. And it's because of that struggle, I feel like that gives meaning to the, well, I learned and I grew and now I uh, because of that, I'm not only better myself, but I feel good and I feel better about myself because I was able to accomplish this hard thing. Yeah. Know? And I guess that kind of feeds into my next question is like, how do we find happiness? And you feel like as we go through life, you know, is when we do happen upon these hard times, because I feel like they're not just one and done. It's always a, like a rolling. Okay. I feel like they come in groups. I'm sorry. <laughs> No. At least in my life, they yeah. feel like they come in groups. So I was like, <laughs> fetch. No. Well, I feel like the Germans had a flipping phrase. It was like, trouble comes in three. You're right. <laughs> I feel like that was their way of coping. Like, okay, this bad thing happened. This bad thing happened. Okay, just one more one and we're more, done. And then we can move on to the good stuff. <laughs> there's the horizon right there. Yeah. So how do you experience having this, James? Or rather, how do you find happiness? How do I find happiness? Um, all right, this is going to sound stupid, but for me, it's a personal choice. Okay. Um, I am a very emotional person. Okay. And I am at react emotionally to situations that I think are unfair, unjust, that mm -hmm. I feel like I got cheated in. And when I take a step back, and I think, you know what? Screw them. I... <laughs> This is out of my control, and even though I wanted it really bad, um, there's nothing that I can really do to fix that. Mm -hmm. And I don't, there's a term called radical acceptance. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. Never, ever. Okay. I, I just want to read this thing. Okay. Um, in preparation for this podcast, I was watching YouTube videos called Cinema Therapy. <laughs> Cinema Therapy is fantastic. Go look them up. They, <laughs> Cinema they're okay. just incredible. Um, but they had mentioned this term, and so I did a little bit more research on it. And it said, radical acceptance is the lack of judgment that is an important part and does not involve approval of the situation. Instead, it involves accepting reality for what it is and not getting caught up in an emotional reaction to that reality. 
Radical acceptance is most often applied in situations where you are unable to fix or change what has happened or when something has happened that feels unfair, like the loss of a loved one or losing one's job. While grief and disappointment are normal emotions, suffering results when the initial pain is prolonged due to lack of acceptance. Radical acceptance does not mean that you agree with what is happening or what has happened to you. Rather, it signals a chance for hope because you are accepting things as they are and not fighting against reality. While this can be hard to practice when things are going very badly, uh, letting your emotions run wild will only add to your suffering and pain and the pain you are experiencing. It's, it's true that you can cause your misery to yourself when you avoid or dwell. So I was a dweller. Okay. Um, and it would just kind of consume my whole being. And I was like, it's so unfair. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go prove them wrong. And I am going to show the world how awesome I can be. And I was a very spiteful person. Yeah. Which, I don't know, if you can use spite to your benefit, good for you. But realizing that I can't change the situation, I can't control other people, has helped me just take a step back and be like, you know, that's a really crappy situation for them or for me. There's other options that I can pursue that can still bring me happiness. And I can still be happy with who I am as a person. And so, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's how I choose it. Yeah. So you take responsibility. I take responsibility. What's going on? And you say, yeah, my, no, I might not be able to change it, it but yeah. I am able to choose how do I react to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah. What about you? How do I find happiness? Yeah, how do you find that's happiness? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I don't know. A lot of it is about perspective and, like, understanding, like, where you've been and what you've done. Mm-hmm. And... Like you said, like choosing to like accept it, but also along with it, like you don't just have to be like, oh, well, this happened. I'm just going to sit back and relax. I feel like along with accepting like, okay, I might not be able to change anything, but I know how like I'm going to react. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step back and like think about it. And I think when we do like take that step back and understand that like we don't have control of everything, that allows us to kind of take a little more control in our lives. Yeah. I think yeah. I think this has been hard for me mm. when trying to help other people because, you know, I've taken a lot of personal responsibility and I've realized how that translates into me just kind of moving along in my situation and not suffering through it. But I, don't know, I explain the empathy cycle to you in my mind. It's like, okay, I've been through hard things mm-hmm. and now I want to help other people go through hard things. And okay. then you get burned and you get hurt. And then... I stop helping people because I don't want to get hurt anymore (laughs) because I've noticed that when people aren't ready to move on, like you will get dragged down into the mud with them and your happiness starts to diminish and you start to develop their attitude and qualities and then you become unhappy. Mm -hmm. And then you finally get to a point where you say, okay, I can help people to a certain extent. I can't solve their their problems, but I'm also just going to stay over here on my side and you know you can still empathize with people you can still love them and help them but i've gotten to a point in my life where my happiness and emotions are my own Mm -hmm. i can share them with people Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to unload on people unless they ask and then even then i'll still collect my things and be like okay back into the box with you (laughs) we'll deal with you another time yeah yeah that's another thing i feel like is when we we do like share those experiences with others, those harder experiences that kind of have lent themselves 
for us to be happy, you know, like we might not enjoy having hard experiences in the moment, but afterwards we are able to, you know, kind of look back and be like, okay, that happened. I learned from it. Like I, it was a hard thing to go through, but like in the end, like I'm better for it, better because yeah. of it. And I feel, feel like when we, when we allow ourselves to lend those experiences to others, we're able to, I don't know, I feel like remain happy. We're able to remain within our own, you know, stable sphere of emotion, our own little foundation. Mm -hmm. And others can like take that for what it is, move along with it, can look at that as like a free life experience. Like, okay, they went through this, this is how they dealt with it. This is how I can deal with it, you know? <clears throat> and instead of like solving their issues, we're, we're giving them, you know, the the tool rather to like fix their own problem. So yeah, like getting down in the dirt with people sucks, but I feel like that's the difference between like fixing people and like helping people through an mm -hmm. issue is like we don't necessarily do have to get down in the dirt. We can be like we can share an experience. We can like give them the ability or like help them learn the ability to like fix themselves. Yeah. But at the end, I feel like it has to be like on them. That's why I like reading stories and autobiographies mm -hmm. about people. Like a day in the life of Ivan Ivan Denisovich. Yeah, Ivan Denisovich. <laughs> <laughs> what an unsatisfying story it is. Ex explain a little bit. Okay, about okay. Ivan. So I got this book from Sam. Mm -hmm. And Sam was like, this book will make you cry. And it was really depressing. But good old Ivan Denisovich? Denisovich, yeah. Denisovich, okay. Um, he was serving in World War II, was a German POW. You know, Russia's side, he was captured by the Germans. Mm -hmm. And then when he got back to Russia, they're like, ah, oh, he's a German spy. Throw him <laughs> in the prison. <laughs> and he was there for, what, eight years out of a 10-year sentence? Mm -hmm. And this book, it's like 200 and something pages, but it details <laughs> everything that he went through on the best day of his life in the Gulag prison camp. Mm -hmm. And it was depressing because, like, the conditions were horrible. He couldn't get warm. It's Siberia. And then he had to go lay bricks in the middle of winter in Siberia. And his highlights were he stole an extra meal for lunch. He stole an extra meal for dinner. And he got like six ounces of extra bread that day. And that gave him so much hope. And I know it sounds really... It sounds almost silly. Yeah, it sounds almost silly. But like, that's what gave him hope that day. And it talks about how these war heroes, these people that had worked for the government, anyone who opposed the regime was just kind of thrown into these camps to work their life away. And just the conditions and everything, the corruption and poor Ivan, he was just caught up in this cycle of memories. It's like, hey, I had a family. Um, my son died. I have two daughters at home and a wife and everyone in my community is leaving and leaving my family like hopeless. Mm -hmm. And his life sucked. Yeah. And at the end of the book, it said, today was almost happy. And I was like, oh my heck, no. <laughs> like, actually, Ivan, it sucked. It like, sucked it was really flash. bad. <laughs> but there was another character. I don't know. He's just referred to as the Baptist. Mm -hmm. I, I always pronounce his name like Eliosha. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Um, but when he saw the sun rising, you know, when he was about to go to work, he started to smile mm -hmm. and, and his belief system and the things that he kept in his values gave him hope 
and allowed him to see the small things in the world. And he was like, yeah, today sucks. I'm Siberia, negative 10 below. I'm still going to go to work and lay some bricks, but this sunset is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful to God that I lived another day. Yeah. And so I realized that I need to work on that. I need to be grateful for the little things mm -hmm. because I hopefully will never have to experience a Russian gulag experience. Cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Um, that's another thing though, like with being happy is like, it's all a matter. Well, it's not all a matter of perspective, but uh, your perspective part of it does is. play a big role in that. And you like, yeah, well, like you're sitting in prison camp. Every day sucks. You're barely getting any food. You're forced to work. If you don't work, they, they take you out back and shoot you. But old El, El Yosha, he's like, you know what? They can't take away that sunrise from me. What are they going to poke my eyes out? He's like, no, that's a beautiful sunrise. And I'm going to flip and take it in and enjoy it because maybe that's probably the only good thing that I'm going to have to experience today. And people might call me stupid or crazy, but like, no, they're not going to take that away from me, you know? And sometimes, like, when we are going through hard times, we are doing hard things, it's it's hard to sit back and be like, oh, man, that was nice. That sunrise was just spot on. It seems silly in the moment. But, like, I feel like when we do sit back and, like, appreciate those little things, we are able to, you know, kind of, like, not necessarily take ourselves out of the experience, mm -hmm. but to soften the experience a little bit. I agree with that. And even after the experience is over just how your perspective changes mm -hmm. and you're like, I've missed laughing at the stupid joke mm -hmm. and I've last interacting or I've missed interacting with my loved ones mm -hmm. and just silly things like driving a car. Mm -hmm. And I, I served an ecclesiastical mission. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really missed, I had a magnet tag because mm -hmm. none of my shirts had pockets on them. And so I just have this clip on tag and the seatbelt would mess with it so much. And so I'd always be constantly adjusting it. And so when I got into the car the first time after my mission, I, I went to go adjust my tag mm -hmm. and it wasn't there anymore. Oh. And I got really upset about it because <laughs> I realized that I wasn't on my mission anymore. And I was really grateful for those experiences that I've had, but also sad because I didn't have my Mac tag, <laughs> which is something really silly, but I was grateful to be home, but I'm also grateful for the experiences that I took away from mm -hmm. all those hard trials that I went through. Yeah. And it's really the little things that you'll remember. Yeah. Like there's big things too, of course, but it's the little things that make you smile and laugh. It's like, I remember that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that goes a little bit back to that radical acceptance. Like in the moment, it might be hard to step back and be like, yeah, I can't do anything about this. This sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, pick my nose, eat it, whatever. That's to make me happy. But like even after the situation is over, taking a step back and being mm -hmm. like, and you know, like maybe debriefing yourself, like this is what happened. This is how I reacted. This is how the problem was solved. Moving forward, I can do this thing. Mm -hmm. I can do these things better. I can react differently. And kind of like forcing that perspective away from the situation and like doing your best to learn from the situation and like grow from it. I feel like that allows us to like become more more mature, mm -hmm. help deal with problems more, as well as grow. And through that process of growth, I feel like there is a, a form of accomplishment that we feel, and that helps us again feel better about the situation. Yeah, and we are all products of our environment. Mm -hmm. We we all go through our own garbage in this life. Yeah, 
And we're like little nasty sponges. We are. We absorb everything. Everything. And honestly, it is up to us what we accept to let us really affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, accept yourself. Yeah. And I know this is something that I know I've had to do, too. And I'm sure other people have, too. I, I speak from a lot of experience because... Mm. That's what I do. I I like to talk about intellectual stuff. I love to gain knowledge. But at the end of the day, the best way for me to explain something is to talk about how I did it personally mm-hmm. and then be able to like help someone else through that. But for a long time, I wished I was just like everyone else. Yeah. And I was like, everyone else has like has it put together and they seem happy and they don't have what I what I have. And I was like, the skills and, I guess, my attributes that I use to help other people, I felt like weren't being appreciated. And all I wanted to do was just fit in with the group and be accepted for who I was and feel loved. And then it came to a point where it's like, do I change myself to the point where I'm not me anymore? Or do I just say, screw everyone. I will find my people. And eventually I will find that happiness. Mm -hmm. And what's weird, the moment I decided that I was just going to be comfortable with myself, that I was okay with my weird, quirky behaviors, that I ask really hard questions sometimes, Mm -hmm. that people started asking me questions, that I would just start laughing at random jokes, and I would smile to myself. Mm -hmm. And when I accepted myself, it was easier to accept other people, but also other people looked at me different and I felt like I opened the door for people to talk to me. And so just own who you are, mm-hmm. own your own experiences. And yeah, because at the end of the day, you, what you contribute can't be replaced by someone else. Yeah. Only you can do what you can do. I think it was Oscar Wilde said like, uh, like be yourself. Everyone else is taken kind of thing. Yes. Um, another thing or the, the further question, mm-hmm. like, when we are at fault for like thinking you have to like fit in or like make the choice to like the group over yourself, like I feel like that causes something in our heads to kind of like, like we know something's wrong, you know? And I feel like part of being like genuine to like true to who you are and like genuine about like what you are, it, it allows us to kind of like, you know, grow into something that is supposed to be us, you know? Mm-hmm. Because we all have, like, a a unique personality and, like, traits about ourselves that add to the bigger picture. But when we try to be the bigger picture, that kind of takes away from who we are and, like, the contribution that we do have and can make. I agree. And something else Mm -hmm. that I want to ask. Do you feel like you find happiness from working towards a goal or actually attaining your goal? Um, Well, it depends on, like... A goal is like a finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things you do to get to the goal, I feel like there's, in order to achieve the goal, like the plan you use is going to help help you develop personally as you work towards that goal. So like say you have a plan to save money. And for me personally, I'm not a great saver. I'm just, I love the big spender, love spending. So, like, in the process of, you know, 
managing my self-discipline and like saying, okay, I'm, I'm save now, spend later kind of thing. Like I'm going to not really indulge now, but because of that goal I have set, you know, like I'm slowly developing like the attributes of before I make a big purchase, I think about it. You know, like, do I really need this? Mm-hmm. Do I just want it at the time? And that's kind of, because this is something I am doing actively. It's like trying to go from a spender to saver. Um, and like having a goal and like putting, taking out of a paycheck every time I get paid and like putting that into a separate like savings. That's kind of like slowly, but surely like changing, you know, changing me at least. And I feel yeah. like to go back to having a goal. Yes. There's obviously some sort of achievement that comes with, I get it. But as a result of your, you're forcing yourself to kind of change into something better, you know? Mm-hmm. So changing into something better. Good. Great. Achieving the goal. Also good. So I just feel like, yeah, there is a destination, but the journey is also. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This particular thing reminded me of The Greatest Showman. Okay. I know you haven't seen this movie. Nope. We need to watch it. That's all right. Cool. We'll put a pit in that. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this man. He grew up poor. Okay. Sorry for any of you. Like, it's been out for a few Spoilers. years. Spoilers. Like, <laughs> get over it. I'm spoiling it. <laughs> Um, oh man, you're gonna ruin it before I even saw it. <laughs> again, it's been up for like a million <laughs> years, Sam. <laughs> um, man grew up super poor, has this ambition to making it to the wealthy upper crust via aristocracy. Okay. Not really, because it's America. We don't have an aristocracy. The 1%. The 1%. And he does this, he creates a circus, makes a ton of money, goes on the road with this incredible singer, and you know, becomes accepted by the 1%. Okay. But at the cost of all the stuff that he had built and grown into. And, you know, for him, enough was never really enough. It was always the next bigger and better thing. And I guess this does tie tie back into gratitude where he wasn't grateful for the things he had because he always came from a place of insecurity and scarcity. And he was like, once I have this, then I'll be happy but he wasn't happy. So he had to go after the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it almost risked like everything for him. His wife left him at one point and he, he kind of woke up one day. It was like, I lost everything that made me happy mm-hmm. in pursuit of something that I thought would give me acceptance and even more happiness. And I think that's where I've grown into. So I'm like, yeah, next best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized it's that process and the people I meet and the relationships that I develop and form and then just growing into the place where I'm at currently has helped me find a lot of happiness. It's cool. Like I'm a planner. Yeah. I do save a lot of money, Yeah. Um, which is funny because I'm doing the opposite of you. I'm working on spending more money because I don't spend money. I need to start doing more with my money, which is cool. I take myself very seriously. I shouldn't. <laughs> Um, where was I going with this? Um, because, you know, I have future plans. Cool. But the future is going to take care of itself. I don't know what that looks like. And unless I'm going to be happy now, I'm not going to find it over there. Grass is green where you water it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that was told me a while ago. 
um, before I got to college, it was like, you never arrive. And that might seem silly, but it's like, you never really do, though. If you're waiting on the next big thing, be like, okay, when I get this promotion, I'll be set. I'll be happy. When I start making this much money, I'll be happy. When I get this um, position in my church, whatever, I'll be happy. I'll have arrived, you know? But like, when I graduate college, I'll be happy. But no, it's like, if we fail to accept that there is a journey and there is a process and like through that process comes like those feelings of, you know, fulfillment, like those feelings of um, like accomplishment, fulfillment, like we're just waiting on, ah, once I get this, I'll be happy. We, we, we never will be happy, no. you know, we're, we'll never allow ourselves to like accept the fact that like, okay, well, all of my happiness hinges on the fact that this mm-hmm. thing happens. Yeah, well, when that thing happens, you're not happy because you're always looking at the next thing, like you said. And I think, too, when we actually reach that point, it never lives up to expectation. Mm-hmm. It's always like, oh, we're going to have this grand moment and we're going to cry and we're going to, you know, feel this overwhelming joy. And you might for a minute, mm-hmm. but it won't keep you there. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, whenever I've kind of reached that next level, I'm always like, eh. Yeah. It's either not what I expected or it was so underwhelming that I was like, maybe I didn't actually want this. Mm-hmm. And I still grow into it because that's where I'm at in the moment. But realizing that even the stuff that you work towards might not be something that you actually want yeah. in life. I agree. Yeah. Um, now, I'd like to give a shout out to people that have mental illness that struggle with anxiety, depression. Mm -hmm. schizophrenia bipolar just anything mental that is really heavy for them and that prevents them from feeling feeling anything besides negative emotion and that's really hard because you know we talk about just like own your mistakes own your behavior and you'll be happy but what happens when you do everything in your power to be happy and you still go home sad at the end of the day you still fall short And all I can say to people that struggle with that is you are on the right path Mm -hmm. and you are doing everything in your power to be happy and you are killing it right now. It sucks in the moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it does. But one day, because this happened to me, you're going to wake up and you won't be sad anymore. I stopped being sad before I woke up on that day. Yeah. But it was a process and it slowly, little by little, as I took control of my life, as I kicked a lot of stupid people out, as I owned the fact that I could have this for the rest of my life and feel sad forever. And I had to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I woke up one day and I realized like, I am happy. I'm still like really sad and frustrated with where I'm at mm-hmm. some days, but I'm okay with who I am. And I don't know everyone's situation. I can't be like, yes, this is going to be you. Give it six months and it'll be great. But I can say as you consistently work at it, as you consistently just try your best effort and you still fall short, that is good enough. And that more people love you than you give yourself credit for. And that people don't talk about you as much as they do. They're too wrapped up in their own problems Mm -hmm. to really care about what you're going through. I'm sorry. (laughs) And you are a good person. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have to say to people. 
nice. with mental health. Yeah, I like that. There is there is a lot of struggle that is out of control, out of our own personal control, you know. But it, there are ways to start to control your life and get back in, you know, in the driver's seat, if you will. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of amazing resources available to us. We live in the 21st century with amazing, amazing resources. Um, one of my most favorite quotes. <laughs> I love this quote. It's fantastic. Because, you know, when people are like, oh, my gives lemons make lemonade. Yeah. yeah, there's some people, you can't make lemonade, you know? No, you can't. You don't have recipe, you don't have means, and you're just like, what am I doing with these stupid lemons? <laughs> so this is, I think it's from a video game, I don't know. But it's like, when life gives you lemons, lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take those lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What the hell are these? The man to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give you lemons. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, when life gives you lemons, flipping throw them lemons back at life. Screw life. Because it's going to be what you make it, not what's given to you, you know? Anyway, this has been Speaking Terms with Sam and James. And we hope to see you next week with another titillating topic. Titillating, sorry. (laughs) 